Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Henry. I'm Andrew. And I am Warren. And this oh, is... we did it. We did it. We and this is episode it. number 121. Thank you wow. for joining us. It's a palindrome. 121. 121. Palindrome Whoa. That's, yeah. We're getting up there. Yeah, man. I didn't even realize. Yeah, it's really deep. Pretty crazy. That's a lot of episodes. 121. Dang. Yeah. We're doing Dang. it, man. We're doing it, man. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to check in with everybody. Every Tuesday now, if you haven't noticed, at noon. Might as well throw that out there. We've been doing these Tuesdays around noon. Um, not much of an announcement, but the OGs know. You know, the people who know, know. And if you want to know, you got to talk to somebody who's in the know to know that it's Tuesdays at noon. No, it's absolutely right. Yeah. Man. yeah. All right. Well, Moore, how was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was pretty cool. I went to New York to hang out with uh, our mutual friend, Spencer Hurley, who I used to play in a band called The Higgs With, which is how I met Robert John and the Wreck. Um, we go way back to, I think it was 2013 at Chinook Fest. Um, so it was nice to go to New York and hang out with him. Me and about five or six other people surprised him uh, and flew out from California for Thursday through Sunday. <clears throat> uh, so he was really stoked to be surprised. And it was cool to go and see the city. His girlfriend, Kim, uh, has lived there for 14 years. <clears throat> And um, just knows everything to do. She has like this Google Maps that she obsessively pins things. And um, she just like every corner of every part of the city, she knows what to do. So she kind of like set up a whole entire schedule for us. And I think it was like six people. And it was funny because when you get up to six people, it's kind of nice to have like a set plan. Um, and not have to worry about what you're doing. And I was telling people that I related it to tour when we're on the road uh, with Manny. We always kind of like Manny knows exactly what kind of what we should do. If we have a day off, he knows what to do as far as like cool things or history to see. Um, And we can kind of make decisions instead of coming up with the ideas. And when you have that many people, it's like you kind of need just a, (laughs) a narrow track, like, no, everybody shut up. This is what we're going to do today. Like you don't if have to think about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and it's very nice to uh to have that um especially again being on the road that's kind of what it is. It's like just uh just go with the flow. So um and then I got to eat a lot of pizza, which was awesome cuz New York pizza is really fucking amazing. Um and I didn't realize that it really is like it's on every corner. There's a pizza place every like 10 feet. Um which is cool because I have the pizza tattoo. And so we kind of went to a couple different places. We went to Prince Street Pizza in Manhattan, which I heard is supposed to be one of the best. And it was amazing. Um, so it was really cool. Had a really good time in New York. Um, but uh, yeah, a little tired from traveling from Jamaica and back and forth. But um, I'm good to go because we have a lot of shit going on in the band. and We are very excited about these upcoming shows that we have. And uh, just neat things that we have going on. Um, so I'm fired up and I'm back from New York. I'm ready to do what we got to do. So, um, yeah. How was your weekend, Steve? Where are you at It was right good. 
Um, I'm currently in Albany, New York. We're playing here tonight at the MVP Arena. Um, and then we head to Milwaukee uh, on the bus afterwards. Nice 14-hour drive to, to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, uh, But, yeah, it was good. The, the weekend was great. We played uh, after the podcast last week. We played in Detroit. And then we drove back and played in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where the chocolate comes from. And uh, had some the, – the catering uh, room had some really, really great desserts. <laughs> It was awesome, and then, um, and then, yeah, we played in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, two nights ago, and that was my first time ever playing in New Hampshire. I think, um, I think I've only ever been through New Hampshire like once in my life. So I got to check another state off of my uh, my tour map. You know, where did we um, play that corporate gig once on the East Coast? Is that that New was in New Hampshire? No, that was in Connecticut. That was in okay. uh, just outside of Hartford, Connecticut. Which is Rookie New England mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's not that far away. I think it's like from Hershey to, uh, or from, yeah. I don't know. We passed through Boston, I think, on the way. I, I don't know the map. We get on the bus and, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not always looking at road signs. So. How's the weather? It's cold, man. It's cold. It's, I still have my phone converted to uh, Celsius because my girlfriend's French and I try to, uh, learn, you know, other units of measurement that I don't have to keep Googling stuff when I'm talking with her. And, um, but yeah, it's been like, it was zero a couple days ago. So like 32. And then today it's like four degrees Celsius. Like it's cold. Like it's, it's sweatshirt and then a jacket on top of the sweatshirt. And I bought a scarf from a convenience store the other day. Cause it was that cold and I don't normally get that cold. So it's, it's cold. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I got a lot of work done. Um, I ended up doing a, a quick little video out by the semi trucks for uh, produce for produce like a pro. I uh, did a video on the new waves plugin, the clarity VX plugin. That's an ambience remover. And it's absolutely insane. <laughs> like I was singing a song next to a semi truck that was idling and you can go through and, take out all the ambience and the voice sounds like I recorded in the studio. It's a great demo. I, was I really saw that cool. video. Yeah. It was awesome. That's pretty nice. I think sounds amazing. So that was, that was fun. So maybe I'll, uh, when I go to the gym tomorrow, I went to the gym today for the first time since before COVID. Um, so that kicked my ass a little bit. And, um, maybe yeah. when I go tomorrow, I'll, I'll do some, some like VO work or something like on the treadmill and see if I can remove the treadmill. It'll be fun. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Henry, how you doing, man? <laughs> Just the extra uh, slow vibrato. I miss you, man. I haven't seen I, you in like I know. weeks. I feel like I haven't been on here in a while. Yeah. Um, I think I've... Your hair is long. Did I miss the last week or the last two weeks or... I guess we haven't done this because we were on the cruise, so I have missed two weeks. Um, but we all missed the cruise week. Yeah. Um, no, it's been good. Um, I had a show not this weekend, but uh, the previous weekend uh, that was super awesome um, with our buddies in the Great North Special and my band, King Train the Earth Mothers. And um, that was super rad and super fun. 
and we played some new songs and um there were a bunch of people there and i got to see a bunch of friends and um what else has been going on um i had a meeting last week which was one of the reasons why i couldn't uh couldn't do or maybe that was a different day that was last week um I'm all scrambled. I had a week uh, a meeting last week with um our friend of the band Greg Atkin who designs uh guitar picks and hold on one sec, let me just ooh Be sweet. Want a little drum roll here. I've already seen it, so I kinda just barely inconveniently placed picked in. <laughs> now I don't have the actual model yet. Oh shit. But these are the models that I use from this company called Strum and Comfort. If anybody, any of you gearheads out there, I swear by these. My buddy Greg Atkin makes them. Um, I believe they're sold on Can you describe how Amazon. it looks for the audio only people? I was going the, uh... to do that, Andrew. Now oh, I don't sorry. want to, now that you told me to. <laughs> but oh. I will, because I'm nice. Can you guys uh, do it, it looks the same like time that. you're showing it to a screen? It's like, <laughs> it's if, really cool. It's really cool. It's, it's uh, a guitar pick. It's, uh, okay, well, now I really don't want to do it. Uh, it's a... <laughs> It Fine. basically looks like a, a tooth, <laughs> pretty much. It's very ergonomic. Um, it kind of has a, a bit of a lip on it, and it has a very sharp edge to it. Um, and I think the shape of it lends itself very well to, for, for some reason, having this extra lip on the top part where you would grip it with your thumb. I don't know if it gives me more leverage or if it if it just feels better or if I feel like I have more grip on it or something like that, but it, it just feels really good and it's also a very small pick, so um, you can get away with um, a lot more stuff. It really kind of uh, forces you to sort of, I guess you can get your hand closer to the guitar, so it does enable me to kind of breeze through some quicker stuff uh technically speaking quicker licks and things like that but yeah if you go to www.strum-n-comfort.com check out what greg's got those are the picks that i like using i use 0.6 and 0.8 depending on how my hands are feeling uh millimeters of course and um i talked to him and we are gonna be uh having i'm gonna get a batch of uh, my own signature Henry James Kodiak picks. Yeah. I'm very, very excited oh, yeah. about. Congrats, uh, man. Phew. So, so That's really awesome. stoked about that. He sent me the draft of the design and I should be getting it um, pretty soon here. I should be getting a, a little package of them, um, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's been pretty chill, you know, uh, just been having a nice time and, and kind of doing some writing here and there, hanging out, enjoying my, my time off. Um, been kind of taking a little break from drinking alcohol after the cruise, which has been really, really nice. I can already tell my brain and stomach are really appreciating me for that. <laughs> um, and I'm on... I had I had one drink on Saturday, and that's it. Since we got back from the cruise, so wow. I'm basically at like whatever. Aside from that, about nine days or something like that, um, which has been really really pleasant. Um, and I'm I'm just kind of chilling and playing guitar and practicing a lot and um, just doing life stuff and having fun and you know getting geared up for all the things we have coming up in our future. How are you doing, Andrew? 
I'm doing good. <clears throat> so yeah, <laughs> I Amanda told me that I can't remember anything, and it's true because I forgot that I talked to Warren about his trip to New York yesterday. I was literally like, I don't. I talked to Warren about New York yesterday, and I forgot what he did. So, I was like, where was Warren this weekend? He wasn't here. I can't remember. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just talked to him about it literally yesterday about what he did. <laughs> so I think that's all true. And then she reminded me to talk about something. So uh, this week I tried to get a cat. I tried to get another cat. Oh, we went wow. to breakfast and we like we we've decided that we're gonna get another cat because our cat's getting old and uh uh we want to make sure that if i go on tour amanda has some kind of thing to hang out with that's alive while i'm gone because you know uh i she doesn't do well in an empty house and if there's an animal there you know she's fine so we were thinking about getting a new cat we already have everything we have like another litter box we have like all the things set up already and we've had it for months so we made a decision a long time ago that was going to happen. And we just sort of never had the time because of all the wedding planning and stuff like that. And uh, we were just out and we're like, well, let's go look at him. And so we looked through a bunch of kittens that were at like a hoarder's house. They're, they're not actually kittens. They're like one year old or older. And uh, there's maybe like 20 cats. They're all different personalities. They're all already good with other cats. Like they're all in cages with other cats. They live with other cats before. They're like all colors and shapes and sizes. There's just like a bunch of awesome cats. And we find like a tortoiseshell cat that we really like. And we filled out an application to get the cat. And uh, we're all excited because we're like, you know, we're going home with a cat and we're ready. And uh, there's all these weird questions on the application. Like, why do you want a cat? <laughs> and, you know, what do you, you know, what's going to happen if, uh, you know, something goes wrong with whatever, you know, situation your cat's in? And I was like, I, I don't know. We just give it back to you guys. And is the cat's in the same position it was because it was living in a hoarder's house, you know, and we'll have taken care of it for a few days. We're not going to, like, let this cat die or anything. And uh, there's a box where, like, why are you getting it? And it's like, well, we want a new cat and we want a new companion for our cat. Uh, you know, and so we turn our uh, thing into the agency and they denied us. What? And we're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, we've already owned a cat for 10 years. Uh, we've uh, we're, we literally have everything already to get a cat. We already know what it is to take care of a cat. And they're like, well, your cat is indoor outdoor and when we adopt cats, they can only be indoor. And we think the, if you got another cat that wasn't indoor outdoor, it would be jealous of the cat that was indoor outdoor. And that we're afraid <laughs> of your cat, not liking this cat. And then what might happen in that situation? So then she says something like, did you guys really think about this before you, you know, we're coming here to adopt <laughs> a pet? Like we're, you know, in our heads, like, fuck you lady. Like, you know, what We've already talked to a vet about putting them like we have different rooms in the house. We put that in the application that they can like literally live in different rooms. And then oh, over a period of months, you have to start to get the cats to know each other. And it's like at first it's like they have to be able to have like gates in between them. And we have enough space in the house to do these sorts of things. 
And then eventually you show them together. And then eventually, you know, they're not going to like each other at first. And then eventually after whatever, like six months, they might start to like each other. And that's going to be a process. And it's especially going to be a process because he's used to being an only cat or whatever in the house. But uh, he was an alley cat and he still goes outside all the time. So I'm sure he has to interact with cats and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's not like my, you know, he's doesn't understand that other cats exist in the world. And it was just so frustrating. And then at the end, she was like, are you sure you really want this as a companion for your cat? Or do you just want it for you? And we were like, lady, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> like, why do you, why the fuck do you think anyone is in here? No one's getting a companion for their other cat because they really selflessly think that their cat wants another cat. You know, like, who's making decisions based on their cat? Of course we want another cat or we wouldn't be here. And uh, so... She's like, yeah, my recommendation is that like you uh, other cats can go indoor outdoor, but we don't let our, you know, uh, adoptees go indoor outdoor. OK. And in my head, I'm like, lady, there's 20 fucking cats here and I see one adoption sign. Do you really want to, like, bring these cats back every single weekend until they get euthanized or like how long are you willing to take care of these cats Yeah, to not have as good a life as you think they should have? And so we went. Okay, well, what's your recommendation for us right now? And I was expecting her to go, you know what? I just don't think you guys should get another cat because I think you guys should just wait until your other cat dies and and then you won't have to deal with that. And if you want to get two more cats up you, that's not what she says. She says, well, you can go to the shelter and they don't have any of these requirements. So you could do whatever you want with that cat. <laughs> and I was like, Go fuck yourself, lady. <laughs> if you had any consistency of what you really thought about this thing, it would be, you know, uh, don't get another cat. Don't get another cat. That's what I really professionally feel about this situation. If you guys really want one. And it was like, well, those cats are going to die anyway. So you might as well try with one of those <laughs> cats, but not one of mine. <laughs> so Damn. we're so mad. That's crazy. We keep thinking of going back with, like, with one of our friends and just like having them go in and pick the cat that we wanted and then just having them lie all over the application. I'm like, I've seen so many people mistreat these cats or do like crazy things or just have crazy people taking care of the cats where they like, you know, don't understand animals or whatever. And it's, you know, it came from a hoarder's house. That's exactly who has cats. You know what I mean? Those mm. types of crazy people really don't take care of their pets. And so you had an opportunity to get this cat a, a better life. And you're like, I don't think it would be good for it to be indoor outdoor. <laughs> <laughs> well, not cats cleaner if they get outside. Like they're, I, I feel bad for like indoor animals. You know, I mean, my cat just shit on my bed with me in it this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that rumor is true, but know. he stopped going outside as much to go to the bathroom. So I don't know yeah. what that is either. Huh. He's my brother blowing up me in bed today, and I was like, "What smells like shit?" Oh no! Oh, <laughs> my brother and sister-in-law have a few cats, and uh, they're they're indoor cats, but they wanted to let the cats kind of have a little more out outdoor time without you know potentially losing them. So they built a they call it the catio, mm -hmm. literally a cat patio that's attached to the <laughs> end of the house, so they can go out through a window and then got sunlight and they've got all their climbing shit out there it's like a little cat jungle gym uh nice. with awesome. wire and stuff which is pretty cool but yeah when i when i had cats back in the day i raised two little kittens and up to adulthood for a few years and and uh 
as soon as they were able to, you know, be on their own and stuff, I would introduce them to the outside and raise them up to just like <laughs> leave all the fucking doors open in Corona and they could come and go as they pleased. And they were great, man. It was fun. Well, you've had a bunch I of could... cats too, right? Yeah, well, we 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 were the crazy people who bred cats, but we weren't as crazy as you would like would think. We just had a lot of animals. We already had like three or four dogs, and then like five or six cats, and then two of those cats had like litters, and like litters are like four or five sometimes. Um, and we had a couple litters, <clears throat> but we were we were way cooler with our regulations for who we gave our cats to. We for the most part it was people we knew, so it wasn't sketchy shit or anything like that. But we didn't have any sort of adoption paperwork. It was like, hey, come over and check out the kittens, and if you like one, give us some money and be on your merry way. <laughs> <laughs> were your cats indoor outdoor? Uh, no. It, well. <clears throat> My cats were kind of indoor outdoor, but all the cats that were indoor outdoor were all eaten by coyotes. So <laughs> we never we, we never had one that that really figured out that sort of thing. So I get skeptical living where I live, especially I just get, I have a cat too. Um, letting it out because I wouldn't want it to get used to going outside and then not coming back one day because I have lost a lot of cats that way. And there's always one we had one, we have a couple that like were very good at coming in and out and then after a certain amount of years there's just one day where something happens and you don't see it again. <clears throat> and then in the back of your mind you're like I hope he just like went to somebody else's house and they're like this cat's super cool. I'm just going to take him now. <laughs> but so yeah. the only reason we don't uh mind that for our cat is our cat was a feral cat before we took him in. So That makes sense. That's uh, we and we do have coyotes in our neighborhood. I'll dr- I'll come home and there's literally a coyote in my front yard. And I like chased him away with a broom. <laughs> like, get away from my cat! But uh, he, just, he 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 used to go outside like every single day, and he used to use the like outside as a bathroom, basically. <laughs> Mika, I don't like that comment. So you fed the coyotes, basically. You kept them coming Much. back, just breeding cats. <laughs> Yeah, the kittens. We, were planning, we were not planning on having the new cat be indoor outdoor. We were planning on having it only being indoor because it didn't know how to be outside. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, that's how I spent my weekend. Oh, and I saw Eric Krasnow for anyone who nice. plays guitar. No, no. How was that show? <laughs> uh, it was good. I think I told Warren we saw so many good guitar players on the boat and so many really, really good bands. And I think he had a young band of like East Coast guys that were really good. Like everyone in the band was singing. The drummer sang like an awesome version of a uh what's that song called? It's on Get Back. It's a Beatles song. It's Get Back. Um, Get Back. <laughs> no, no, it's like the third song. Um I got a feeling. Don't let I'm me sorry. down. Oh, nice. I got a feeling. He killed I Got a Feeling. Um, the bass player, who is also Krasnow's producer, uh, sang Dreams by uh, uh, the Allman Brothers. Brothers. And they did like a crazy cover. And I thought the best thing they did, I think I told Henry and Warren this independently, but is uh, like do the Allman Brothers thing. Krasnow should be in the Allman Brothers mm. <laughs> or any band like that. He kills that thing more than he killed funk solos, more than he killed blues solos. And he did those things really well. Um, and he's super tasteful and he has like great tone and stuff like that and great feel. Uh, just after seeing all those blues dudes rip, 
seeing one more guitar player with like good to, yeah, it was so many good guitar players. So it just seemed like one more good guitar player. And then they were backing an artist named Sun Little. And he had more of like a, like a singer songwritery, almost reggae sort of thing going on. And then we stayed for a couple of those songs. It was great. Nice. It was good. And they had a lot of people out and like dancing and stuff like that, which is, you know, sometimes rare to see like live jam music in LA and just people out to have a good time and out to dance and stuff like that. And yeah, that was a good show. You saw him at the Terragram? Is that where you saw him? Yeah, at the Terragram. Cool. I like that nice. spot. I also met a bunch of people who are in his camp who have a studio in LA. So I have to recheck my phone Ooh. and then maybe, maybe a three song Krasno produced EP or something by uh, Robert John the Rack sometime in the next five years. That could be right. Let me start with yeah. those seeds. Totally down. Well, speaking of music, Henry, what, what do you want me to do about that? I don't know. Can you describe the music for all the audio yeah. people? Um, <laughs> it sounds because you gotta describe, describe the music all the time. It, no, 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 you can't uh, sing it. You have to just define it with words. It's, yeah, 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 it's it, it's very strongly. It's really um, tone. You know, it's tone. Like not quite purple, but it's it's a little more. You can't use onomatopoeias either. The drums make sounds. They're very tactile. Ooh. Um, tactile it's March drums. 8th today. March 8th. And you know what March happened 8th? in March 8th? 1974. Queen 2 was released on this day mm. in 1974. And that is my favorite Queen album. I think it's the best Queen album. I just said it. I don't care. I think it's the best one. It's super heavy. <laughs> it's super proggy. It's very good. It's got all the stuff. It's people, you know, people peg Queen as this as this theatrical sort of thing. They were a hard rock band and they rocked as hard as anybody else uh, in their first couple records. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Um, they're all very, very talented and are very, very. What about the Radio Goo Goo song, though? We're not talking about that today, Andrew. <laughs> We're not talking about that. This doesn't exist in 1974. Radio whatever does not exist in 1974. <laughs> Queen 2 exists in 1974 on March 8th. Hell yeah. And that's what we're Hell talking yeah. about today. And uh, Not Radio Goo Goo? <laughs> yeah, so March 8th, 1974, Queen 2 comes out. And it's a great record. It's my favorite. Uh, I actually happen to have a nice old copy that I was just spinning today nice. of this record. Awesome. Fantastic album. This is a nice classic cover that classic cover man. procured yeah. at our buddy's shop, Parker Macy at Cream Tangerine Records. Oh yeah, dog. He got this from an, uh, a used collection from somebody. I saw it. I was like, I gotta get years. that. I need that in my life. And you know what? I think you guys need a little bit of this in your life. This song is off of Queen 2. It's called The Seven Seas of Rye. It closes out the record, and it's short and sweet to the point and gives you all you need from this record. But go ahead and, in celebration, listen to this rock masterpiece, lesser-known record from the early days of Queen, Queen 2. Enjoy. Thank you. 
What a great ending there. Legendary. Absolutely legendary. I mean, it's no radio good you, but <laughs> I was gonna That's let the it first go. thing you gotta say. I was gonna let it go. <laughs> uh no, I, I like this era of Queen too. It's yeah, it man. is super proggy. I think that's the best way to describe it. And as someone who just listened to radio tracks before listening to some of that stuff, or was there's like a it's not the Queen Live Aid, but there's like another famous Queen Live show that they like sell on DVD or when I was getting into like watching those live shows. And I just remember Queen, it might have even been like in the 80s, but they were playing a lot of this stuff right. too. Yeah. And uh, they were just so on fire. They're playing yeah. so many fucking notes and it was all perfect and it was right. all like, you know. Roger yeah, Taylor's like fucking Phil Collins, just yeah. like destroying everything the whole time. Yeah. And he's like so underrated as a drummer because none of the songs that he like crushes drums on is, uh, you know, popular. Right, right. But uh, yeah, and it's so yeah, like just, exciting. Just like chops for days, like between, you know, everybody, but especially Roger Taylor and Brian May, just both just like shredding, like, yeah. and super precise and super clean too. And the drums are super up front. It's like mm-hmm. almost, it's almost louder than the guitar in, mm-hmm. in most cases, which. I feel like maybe that's why they get the proggy thing because it's like, oh, you can just hear the drums like shredding, but it's like, but there's still a lot of like chugging like that guitar, like dent, 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 like just kind of like classic stuff. And then they just right. embellish it. And then you have Freddie Mercury just go and do his thing on top of that. And you're like, okay, there you go. There's Queen. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, a very classic. I don't yeah. Know. And it's got all the, all the awesome oh, go Queen ahead, elements too, man. Like I, I love, I love how they do their, their, vocals man and just all the stacks. oh yeah it's all stacked and stuff so cool man like that shit's so tough because it's not just you know one person layering it it's like everybody's in there layering shit and just massive yeah yeah and and i i remember watching a uh like in the studio documentary about um one of their records and they were talking about how it's it's brian may the guitar players on the bottom mm-hmm. and freddie mercury's in the middle and roger taylor's actually doing all the high stuff all the high stuff yeah. really really high stuff is all roger taylor oh, damn yeah and that shit gets way up there too, yeah it's man. really like, high it's tough yeah uh what was i gonna say how does brian may survive without two guitars in this band i i don't know but he does it i don't know how he does that were they playing like a backing track ever or uh uh i don't i don't know i mean obviously not I don't think in like the seventies, no, uh, maybe later on, but I, I remember I seeing so. some stuff that they were, they were doing some stuff to, to tape, like for intros and stuff. And, right. Right. And di- different vocal stacks that like, you just can't do, or some of like the trippy aleatory right. stuff, like would yeah. be on a reel to reel side stage that they'd pump yeah. through. But yeah. The who did stuff like that too. Like they would like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, they would like have like stuff on reels to the side or something like that. But, 
But I think for the most part, especially for like guitar tracks, like it was all, you know, he was just kind of picking his part, mm-hmm. cool. which is pretty insane because there's like, you know, you have like three part guitar harmonies going on and they're probably double tracked or something like that too. So it's just all like <laughs> madness. Yeah. Crazy. But it, it's queen. It's what makes Sonic, queen. Sonic architecture at its finest right there, man. Some really good shit. And if you like all the good shit, be sure to check out my Henry's History Lesson playlist on Spotify. Uh, that put us at 120 songs on there. Yeah, dude. Eight hours and 20 Ooh. minutes of hits and not hits and album tracks and all sorts of fun stuff, old and new. Uh, I, I talk about all kinds of music on this podcast, even though I definitely am, you know, specifically more uh, sort of biased towards the rock end of the spectrum. I talk about all all kinds of stuff. So it's all in there and uh, it's a very good playlist. I've gotten some really kind words about it. A lot of people listen to it. So be sure you're following it. Be sure you like yeah, that man. playlist. It's on Spotify. It's called Henry's History Lesson. And all the links for that are in the description below. And uh, dude, I, I forgot to tell you, but um, yeah, X and I were hanging out on on the bus, and the, the the back of the bus has like this little lounge area that's got a, a Bluetooth system, right? And uh, we just put on Henry's History Lesson playlist and just jammed to that. Uh-huh. Had a couple drinks and stuff on one of the night drives. Nice. Last week, it was amazing, man. So nice. fun. Right on. It's just like, oh shit! Like, there's a little bit of everything in here. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and the Steve, songs. Are just how does really the great. How does the bus work? I've always wondered that. Like, I never, you know, I've been inside a handful of tour buses. I know there's like bunks, and I know they're different for every situation. Yeah. Like, my friends, when they did Warp Tour, there's like 14 bunks on one bus, and it's all bunks and nothing else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, so, uh, this, this bus is split up into four different areas, right? You've got the driver cab um, that's got a jump seat right next to it and the front door. And then there's a door that separates that off from the main cab cabin and uh main cabin is you know two uh tables and a bunch of seating bench seating and then um the galley we've got a sink and little counter space and fridge and the trash uh, compartment and stuff and the and the bathroom is all part of that main section then as you move fur- further towards the back of the bus um, this one's got three bunks on each side and two sets of those. So there's 12 bunks on in the sleeper section. And that's got doors that, that cordon that off. And they're cool. Like they're sliding doors that kind of pop in and out of the wall, which is nice. So there's no actual like you don't have to go through and push open or pull open something. And then in the very back is this little lounge area that's got just a little uh, table and some bench seating and a couple TVs in there and Bluetooth thing and and all that. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's comfy, man. We've got uh we've got eight of us on on the bus, um, the seven in the band and the tour tour manager, and then the drivers. Uh, uh, Keith is just a badass and he drives us from town to town, takes care of us. It's comfy, man. It's cool. And then, it, are you guys doing the drives through the night or is it the next day or is it just like a different? We've been doing like after the show, driving to the next spot. So we typically check out. I actually have to leave um, after I finish talking about this. Um, but we check out of the hotel at four o'clock and have a bus call at four uh, to head to the venue. 
um, every show day. And then normally after the, after we get done, we just pack up and go back to the bus and drive on in the next city. So tonight we're driving, uh, 14 hours to Milwaukee. We've got, uh, double drivers throughout the night. And so we'll get there tomorrow, like early afternoon. How does that work too? So like a driver can't work for more than I'm sure like eight to 10 hours or so whatever union, you know, has them doing. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll end up, um, they'll either have somebody that's local for the company to where the drive starts, um, come in and then drive half the way and then, or pick up after the, the driver, whenever the shift changes and then just fly back afterwards. Oh, interesting. Or they'll, um, yeah, I think that's, it's mostly like local people or they'll fly somebody in and they'll drive for their, their, uh, shift and then just hop on a plane and fly back or hop onto another bus, um, for a different, uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever works in in their logistics or whatever. But it's nice, man. It's cool having space to kind of walk around and everybody in the band's really cool about, um, you know, like we'll, we've watched a couple movies just in the in the main cabin area and stuff. Watched No Country for Old Men, you know, a couple a couple nights ago, and everybody likes to hang out with each other, and it's nice. And when you want to go to bed, you just go crawl back in your bunk. And really chill. It's been cool. I now I have to ask the question that we've all been thinking about in the band is how, how is everyone doing with Steve snoring? <laughs> Sorry. I had to ask that, but you're, you're enough dates in where I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't hide it anymore. Right. So I haven't, I haven't heard anything. I mean, I've, you know, I've got my own hotel room every night here. Um, so I'm not bugging somebody in the same bed. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and the, the bus is, uh, the, the sleeper area, I think is pretty much like over the engine. So it's, it's you know, oh, it's, it's already bust, loud. But it's already loud, and I'm I'm not the only one that that snores, you know, and and uh, I'm not gonna say who else does, but um, it's uh, it was it was nice that my first time laying down, I'm like hearing a little <laughs> bit of snoring. He's like it rhymes with mutt. Like, oh damn! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, 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 pinpoint it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's fun. No, that's, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, no, that's cool. it's great, and then, man. So and, you, and, you guys end up at a hotel like in the morning. So like, yeah, yeah. Drive so through we, the night. When do you end up checking into a hotel? Like eight a.m. or something? No, like as soon as we get in. So like, got it. Uh, what two nights ago when we drove from uh, New Hampshire? I think we got in at like two in the morning or three thirty in the morning. But I got a couple hours of sleep on the bus, and then you just get off the bus and. And go when we got to Hershey, Pennsylvania. I just ended up sleeping on the bus until like noon on that day off. So it was it's cool, man. Like the the buses are are typically you know on site or close by. So if we needed to go you know get something from our bunk that we forgot, it's accessible. You know, which is which is pretty neat. And speaking and of which, stay on it if you want to. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, I do have to bounce because uh, I got to go okay, cool. downstairs, but. I love you guys. All right, Steve. And I'm gonna Bye, Steve. Hey, buddy. Right now. And have a good rest of your couple later, shows man. before love we you see you next. See you, dude. And you, we also got to bounce, too. So what do we have coming up? 
So we are playing in San Juan Capistrano at Patty Station on March 18th. That is a Friday. Um, and then that is going to be with our buddies Porcelain Hill. So that is going to be a fun show. Then the following day, we are in San Diego in Vista, California at Ebolition Ebel- Brewery. Um, and that is with our buddies Film Speed. Um, and then we do... Uh, Saturday, March 26th, Field Trip Festival, Docent's five-year anniversary festival. We're very excited. There's going to be great food, barbecue, music. That features Eric Roebuck and Victoria Bailey, uh, the Dutt Brothers, the Cholulas, and am I missing something? That is it. It's going to be a great day of music and fun times. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much we talk about their beer. Um, and then we have some stuff going on in April as well, um, some local dates. You can check our website for that. And then at the end of April, we head into our giant monster European 66-show date tour. Um, again, all of those dates are online. We're hitting the UK, Spain, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, all those places. Um, you can check that out. Um, and then we come back and hit the States. So we have a lot of stuff going on. We're about to come out with some new music. There is a ton of stuff going on. So as always stay tuned, um, and stay involved and, uh, continue to get wrecked safely and enjoy the rest of your week. Everybody, we will talk to you next Tuesday at noon ish. Be good to each other and get wrecked. (laughs)